Welcome back. I have not done a solo episode in a number of weeks, maybe even months. You know, there's always seasons and phases and cycles. And personally, I'm really learning to listen (laughs) to those cycles because I know that when I do, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, when you listen and simply receive, the guidance is given to you. So I was called to take a little bit of break from just doing the solos, but I was really, really inspired. I want this show to be in the hands of as many people possible, right? One of my biggest, biggest dreams is to make my podcast my main revenue stream because I just love interviewing people. I love asking questions. I love asking the things that people are thinking about, but they're too scared to talk about. I love sharing positive and powerful stories. I love having good conversation, and I love being able to bring that to the heart of more people. Because of that, I had a session with Ryan Sullivan, who runs a company called Podcast Principles. Here's a little plug for Ryan. Um, If you have a podcast or you need someone to edit the show, you need a little bit of consulting around it, highly recommend him and his team. And we did a session and I was very surprised at some of the feedback I got for them, which was, they were like, I really like your solo episodes. And I was like, really? (laughs) I don't know. I, I think about myself as a listener of podcasts and I love listening to like commentary and dialogue and back and forth. So I think a part of me was like, yeah, no one really is going to care about me just talking. So here I am. I feel inspired to talk about this topic here today and kind of put myself out there a little bit. I think I found comfort in being the interviewer versus being like the solo one to speak. So here we are. And I'm thinking, you know, how can I make this fun? How can I make this interactive? So what I'm going to be answering today is a question that I've asked some of my past guests. Uh, The other day I talked to Kate Scudder, who Her podcast episode is titled, High School Teacher Turned Millionaire Mama. She is amazing. She is genius. She is brilliant. And I love, love, loved our conversation. Make sure that you go and check that out if you haven't listened yet. And one of the first questions I asked her, like, was, you know, when you were a high school teacher, did you ever expect to be a millionaire? And she was like, wow, no one's ever asked me that. I was like, really? That's that's like my first question. So I want to answer that same question. Now, I am not a millionaire currently, and it's in my field, and I know it, and I claim it, and I'm unapologetic about it. But what I really want to answer is, did I ever really think I'd be doing what I'm doing now? The simple answer to that question is, no, no way. I didn't know this even existed. doing what I'm doing like I didn't I didn't even have the context or understanding for that but I'll take you back to when I was much much younger and I wrote about this in the upcoming chapter of the younger self letters which is a collaborative book that I wrote in um, with a number of incredible people I wrote in my yearbook in kindergarten you know what do you want to be when you grow up and I said I want to be a teacher And then I think I was asked that question a couple other, you know, times throughout my elementary years. I said teacher, mother, and I think it ultimately morphed into professional soccer player. Uh, I actually am a really good soccer player and played at a high level, not in college. Um, 
I ended up leaving because I in high school because I didn't like the coach. <laughs> I thought he was rude. <laughs> and I was like, no one talks to me that way. Um, so I left it. And I say all this to say that I look back at those answers and I was like, mm, no, especially around this whole concept of teacher. I was like, I'm not a school teacher. Like that isn't me. What I did start thinking I might do as I went through elementary school, as I went through middle school, as I went through high school, was more so something along the lines of business. Now, my mom is an accountant. My dad is a business owner, a serial entrepreneur, uh, and a singer. My family's very, very interesting. I love them so much. Business made sense to me. I came up being raised by people who had a business mind. And not just like the employee mindset, but a much more of like the leadership visionary mindset. So that was like my upbringing. That's that's what I learned. I learned that as the norm. Fast forward to college years, I was studying first business and then I dropped out of the business school because I got a D in microeconomics. That's very funny. And I ended up studying communications. Organizational leadership, digital communications was like my focus. And during my college years, I ended up, I didn't want to do a sorority, so I ended up rushing a business fraternity called Alpha Kappa Psi, AKSI, we called this. And that was such a pivotal experience, right? Have you ever like done something in your life and it really, really helped shape you? That was one of those experiences for me. It was a professional co-ed business fraternity. And you know, of course, there was still the the partying, the social aspect. It was absolutely there, but it was very much about business. You know, we had to do like stock market presentations and a lot of public speaking, which if you've heard me talk about this before, that is where I developed public speaking skills. Absolutely. We'd have to give these presentations, you know, no notes and really do our best. And I always remember they would say, speak with conviction, speak with conviction. And it has truly helped me establish that within myself now. So I'm in college, I joined Alpha Kappa Psi, and I had a couple of jobs like during that time. All of this to say that business was like the trajectory of where I thought I was going. It just made sense, right? It just makes sense. And typically in our lives, we tend to follow what someone the leader of our, the role model of our life, whether it's a parent or a guardian of some sort or just someone we look up to, we tend to follow like the same trajectory that they, that they do, the same thing that they go into. It's like, if your parents are doctors, you might be more likely to be a doctor as well. Because of that, I felt like business of some sort was in my trajectory. However, I literally had no idea at the time what that could look like. So what I want to do today is like pull back all of the puzzle pieces that led me to where I am today, specifically when it comes to what I did for jobs and as a, you know, worker. My parents really instilled me very young, like you have to understand the value of a dollar, you you get to work, you get to earn money, you get to learn skills. It was exciting. So puzzle pieces of existence. This is what I call it, the puzzle pieces of existence. And I do this for other people, right? So in our brand identity sessions, in um, if you've been in any of my book projects, if you have been in visibility on purpose or done any visibility publicity work with me, we tend to go through the puzzle pieces of existence to help us craft our story, to help us understand who we are today. 
So as you listen, as you receive this today, I want you to really open your mind to what were all the moments that really shaped who you are today? What were the jobs you've had? And I find it very interesting. Like I'm very curious about people's jobs and their backstories because I'm like, all of these things add up to what we're doing today. Like it's no surprise that I'm doing what I'm doing today. But in the moment when I was, you know, working at a bagel place, it didn't make sense. So what I'm going to do today is kind of pull out all of my past work experiences and really share what I received from them. Because it's not always like the greatest experience when we're ha- when we're in it. <laughs> I absolutely had that. But in retrospect, gosh, I am so grateful. So, so, so grateful. So let's jump in. Um, and I'm curious, if you're listening to this episode, tag me on Instagram at She Builds Empires Podcast. I'd love to hear what was your first job and how does that impact anything that you do today? Or maybe it doesn't. My first job was at a bagel place. <laughs> I loved this job. I love this job. I think we'd work in like four to eight hour increments. I'd work on the weekends, but it was always mornings. And what did I learn at this job? I learned that I loved people. You know, working the cash register, getting people's orders, making people's food. I also love cooking just in general. So it also sparked that within me. Like I really understood how to put things together. Also the order of things. I loved that job. That was my first job. And it was amazing. I think at that time, also, the the store had just opened up and we were getting tips and a really high hourly rate at that time. And I was uh, in high school, so maybe like 14 or 15. It was incredible. I did not have my license yet. I remember my parents still driving me to that job. So grateful for that job. It taught me how much I love humans and how I love serving people, service, service, service. And this tends to be a thread throughout all of my my jobs. So listen in and you'll hear. Now, my next job I've talked about before, it was my first sales job. So at the time, my mom uh, is an accountant by trade. But when my brother, sister and I were born, she left that role and wanted to do something. Well, first, she took care of us as kids when we were young. But as we got a little bit older, she wanted to do something that, you know, felt exciting for her. And there was a company around at the time called Leah Sophia. Does anyone remember Leah Sophia jewelry? I still have so many of the pieces to this day. They're so good. And basically the idea was this was like multi-level marketing before it was like online multi-level marketing. Um, and the structure was you could become a Leah Sophia advisor, an independent advisor, and you essentially would go to people's houses. You'd have a host who would host a party and you would go to their house and show everyone the jewelry. It was so much fun, right? And I talk about this a lot when I talk about sales and like what I love about sales, what I didn't love about sales. This was the like, I love this about sales. It was all about human connection, right? So here I am. I was 17 or 18 years old at the time, by the way. And I was going to like middle-aged women's houses. It was fantastic. It was all about building relationships and building connections. And you have to remember that like sales at the end of the day is connecting a person who has maybe a want, desire, need, or a problem with a service that can fulfill said want, need, desire, or problem. And these people were coming to a party. They knew that they would be buying jewelry. And here I was with the jewelry. So I was like perfectly positioned 
to make sales. And what I learned also because I was at the bagel place and I've always been a naturally like curious, um, pretty outgoing person and always very like inquisitive. I always want to know who people are. That's always been who I was. Because of all those things, it made the job rather easy. So I would show up, I would show the jewelry, we'd have great conversation, I'd hear about their kids, I'd eat food. It was fantastic. Like that was my sales job. It was amazing. Now, what did that teach me? It taught me something really important about sales was that people buy from people. First of all, you have to have the no like, and trust. I built the no like, and trust really, really simple here. It was easy. It was just like, I'm Bridget. Nice to meet you. Like, this is who I am. <laughs> I think back, I felt so naive at that time. Um, how cute. That was an incredible sales experience. It literally planted in my mind what I love about sales. Fast forward a couple years, I'll tell you what I didn't like about sales. Um, now, as I continued on, I'm now in college. I'm part of this business fraternity and I have a lot of good connections, right? Because most of the people out of this business fraternity ended up going to be investment bankers, accountants, um, working for like JP Morgan, Chase Bank, Deloitte, some of these like big name companies, right? So that was kind of the trajectory I saw. My first internship was so cool. I worked at a startup co-working space. So I had been in the like startup communal work environment. It's now been 10 years since that. So this was in 2012. I was in college and I worked at this startup co-working space. I was doing marketing and social media. So again, cosmic haha, because I've been doing this now for 10 years without like officially having the title of doing it. And what a great reminder, right? So if you're listening to this today, if you ever have the doubts of like, well, I just pivoted my business or I just started something, gosh, you've probably been doing what you've been doing in some way, shape, or form for so long. And how cool, how cool that we can reflect on these experiences and really understand that we've been doing this for a long, long time. How cool is that? So I was doing social media. I was running their Twitter at the time. So like part of my marketing campaign was to increase Twitter followers. And we had some different programs that we used to schedule posts to boost engagement. Oh, that was such a fun, fun time. Right. And also at that time, I started studying digital media and this was kind of newer at that time. Right. So this was 2012. And I feel very grateful that I was born at the time I was born because I kind of came up without it in my childhood. But in my late teens, that's when people started getting iPhones. And then in college, some of the curriculum began to um, expand to, to go into this new industry. Oh my gosh, everyone's using social media and technology and phones. So I really got to be an early adopter of learning technology, especially social media. In, in school, I also did classes and and reports on how people can make money online. It's so funny when I think back to this. So the startup co-working space, gosh, I loved it. It planted the seed of being around visionaries and entrepreneurs. Being around visionaries and entrepreneurs. And again, my parents were that as well. So that wasn't like a complete 180, but yet it continued the trajectory of like planting that seed. So what is something that you loved doing when you were younger? Like, what was that one job that was like, ooh, this was so fun. I also was not paid for that, but gosh, I love that experience. Anyway, so I continue through college, right? And later on, I get my first internship, a paid internship at Wyndham Worldwide, working in the HR department. So I was 
supporting. I have no idea how I got this. Like this was not my expertise at all, but it's so funny. It feels like again, cosmic haha. I was supporting the HR department, helping them create training materials for their, uh, what is it called when you, starts with an F, franchise, for their franchisees. How funny, okay? So why is that funny? Because to this day, I've been creating courses and material and learning materials to teach people things. Again, right, that seed planted of, yeah, you're a teacher. And I really look back at that experience and I'm like, why the heck would anyone have hired me for that? Like I had no skills for that. (laughs) I did know someone because someone in AKSI um, worked there. So again, networking, having those people that you know, like that's been front and center in my life all along. What a blessing. Heck yeah. I loved that internship. And you know where I thrived? At the end, we had to do a public speaking presentation, and gosh, did I rock it. It was so, so much fun. Okay, fast forward again. I'm about to graduate, and I have one more job before I do so. I work at a golf and country club as the concierge and member relations. Loved this job too. It was so much fun. Why was it fun for me? Because I was people facing. Like I need to be around other people. I love going to coffee shops. I love communicating and working with other people. And you know what's interesting as I say this, my business has expanded when I have linked arms with other people. When it is just me, I am... Like, what on earth am I supposed to be doing? So I love working with people. I love people-facing jobs. In that role, I was a really, really expensive country club where it was like $300,000 a year to join. So I just love being in the space of people that have that kind of money, right? Because I know I'm in that space too. Not in the 3D, but in the 5D, I can be there. Love that job. Love people-facing roles. It lit me up. I always wanted to be there. Okay, now we graduate college and young Bridget is like, "Um, I still don't know what I want to do. Like, who am I? I don't know. Now, I was looking into roles at that point. So I did study communication. So I was looking into investor relation roles. And why was I looking into that? I didn't really want to do PR at that point public relations, but I wanted to do investor relations because I looked up what was the highest paying. um, This is my three in Enneagram, high achiever. I looked up what was the highest paying communication job that I could get. (laughs) And it said investor relations, which is basically like uh, publicly traded companies, like what is their they have to put out, you know, statements to the press around their money, around their figures, around what's going on. So that would be kind of like my, again, public facing communication um, role. So it's pretty funny that that never panned out, but I I do feel like that's still part of it. So I graduate and I do get a job. I get a job, a big girl job in New York City, which is about an hour away from where I was currently living. And I get an apartment and I start working as a account manager at Yelp. And that was a lot of cold calling. Now, this is a super cool company, but cold calling is not my jam. Why is cold calling not my jam? Because I'm a relationship builder. So for me to just call random strangers, it did not feel really good, right? Because compare that with Leah Sophia, I wasn't able to build the relationship. So again, what do these past experiences teach us? They sometimes teach us what we don't want. 
And I know that those can be the moments that are challenging and frustrating and hard because believe me, I look back, I found journal entries on this time in my life. I was like, I don't know if I can make it another day here. I'm really tired. You know, every sign was saying, you know, it's not for you. But that was a great experience. And I truly do believe sometimes we need the polarity to teach us the lesson of what we don't want. So I am grateful for that. Now, where did I go next? I go to Yosemite with my family. I look out in the mountains and I decide I cannot spend another day cold calling people. There is more out there in the world for me. And, you know, God bless my creative, visionary parents because they were like, yeah, of course, leave your job. leave it. At that time, I was thinking about going to acupuncture school. So I began studying for um, to go back to school to finish out some biology courses because I had not studied any sciences in school because I wanted the easiest things to study. So because of that, I ended up not going to acupuncture school, lost my train of thought, not going to acupuncture school. And I said, you know what? I want to travel a little while. I want to see the world. And I decided how cool would it be? Because I don't like to do things normally. I was like, how cool would it be if I decide to see the world and become a yoga teacher in Ibiza, Spain? And that's what I did. (laughs) I wanted to go to a yoga and Ayurveda school. And there was one in Ibiza, Spain. It was called Lilypod Yoga and Ayurveda. She was a beautiful, beautiful teacher. And I spent a month in Ibiza, Ibiza, excuse me, uh, learning yoga and how to teach it. And at this point, I had been on a spiritual journey for a little bit of time. So beautiful, beautiful experience. Now, what happens when I come home? And you know, this is where it's not always pretty when you're starting a business. I had multiple streams of income. I was getting paid from multiple yoga studios. And I look back at that time in my life when I came back and started teaching and just doing all these random odd jobs. I taught yoga at a bunch of studios. I also worked at a nonprofit for young adults with autism and taught yoga and did some social media stuff. But I had so many different streams of income, like doing taxes and giving everything to the account was very overwhelming. I was like, I don't want it to be like this forever. I really want to just have you know, that one stream that makes it simple. I envied my husband who would just get the one, you know, W-2 form from work and be able to send that to the accountant. There are many times I was like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this business stuff. There's no roadmap to this. Like no one's taught how to start your own business. And even in talking to friends who have done MBA programs and entrepreneurship, I don't know. I think it's one of those things you just have to learn by picking it up. (laughs) Not always easy. So at this point, I'm teaching multiple yoga jobs, working at a nonprofit. I also started working for my dad's company again. And still to this day, I I do support his business. So because of all of this, I felt very scattered. I felt all over the place. I also began teaching for another nonprofit that I still teach for today. I started working for another coach, Miss Caitlin Anne-Marie Brush. She is amazing and facilitating some of her coaching programs, which was fantastic. I loved, loved, loved working with her. And we are actually doing a book. It's coming out November 18th, Heart-Centered Leadership. But, you know, this time in my life, once I really had gone on my own, it was messy. There was multiple streams of income. I was really trying to still find my way and understand what do I want to be doing. And it became pretty clear and apparent to me just doing some numbers that I didn't want to do yoga 
my whole life. I really felt this call to come online. I'd already, I understood social media. I understood sales and marketing. I understood relationship building. Like those things were already ingrained in me. Now that you can see from all my past experiences, I hope this is illuminating for all of you about who I am. It was very clear that that would be part of my trajectory. And when you teach yoga, you're not making a lot of money. Um, right. I was getting like $30 a class and that doesn't even involve driving back and forth and you have to pay taxes on that. So I learned pretty quickly that if I wanted to be, you know, millionaire Bridget, that was not going to cut it. So moving into this online space and starting coaching business, I also am a holistic health coach and went to IIN and, you know, that gave me a little bit of a framework. I've done multiple coaching programs, as I'm sure all of us have here. I've had multiple mentors and I'm very grateful. And I know I'm fortunate because my dad is a business owner and a very, very savvy business owner at that. He is so good at coming up with ideas, structures, and foundations for businesses. So I know that I you know, was very, very fortunate to have that. And, you know, a mother who also understands the visionary nature and who's very into holistic wellness herself. So if you believe that you chose your parents right from a a soul level, I'm very glad I chose these parents to help, you know, bring out this message. And mm, it's just so beautiful. So here I am now. Uh, Just for some context, I quit my job in 2016. It is now 2022, almost 2023. And I have a business. (laughs) And soon to be maybe a second business, by the way. Lydia Bagrosa and I are having such a great time facilitating Visibility on Purpose, which is our media training school to help business owners land top-tier media without hiring a publicist. And we really focus on like bringing and extracting your magic because that's what it's so much is a part of. And we have a lot of ideas for 2023. So stay tuned. I'll keep sharing the behind the scenes of building a business. And I'd also love to keep sharing behind the scenes of, you know, as I move forward into potentially a partnership business, you know, what does that look like? We've already started talking some logistics, like we need to start a new business. Where are we going to start the business? Um, We need to hire a lawyer, talk to the accountant. Like there's some very logistic things that come with running and starting a business. And I love to be transparent about these parts, right? Like how are we going to, how are we going to be very clear on our roles within the company? Um, And I will say like in this next direction that I'm moving in, in partnership and potential further collaboration, I wouldn't start another company with someone I'd never worked with before. And that's something Lydia and I have been very, very clear on that we've built trust. We know how we work. We know how we operate. We operate very similarly. I believe that we're both threes on the Enneagram. So if that tells you anything about what we're building, um, I'd love your feedback on that. But that's where we're at. I love this podcast. I love what I'm doing. I love working with my author clients like Aaron Wexler, The Inspired Athlete. His book is amazing. Sarah Grafalo. Oh my God, your cookbook is going to be absolutely phenomenal when it comes out in 2023. And a couple others that oh, it just is beautiful to be doing what I do now and to circle everything back. Did I ever think I'd be doing what I'm doing now? No, I didn't even know it existed. I had no idea, right? I offer these art of your story sessions helping someone extract their story. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know I could have that as an offer in my business as a service I provide, but I get to provide them. 
And P.S., if you are listening and you feel like you need help kind of extracting your story so that when it comes to getting on a podcast or when it comes to having a well-crafted, intentional story used on interviews, TV, media appearances, and some of those simple steps to get your story and your brand out to the media, let me know. Let's do a share of the Art of Your Story session. I'd love to. Um, they're $2.97. We'll have some fun and we'll make some magic together. Ah, deep breath. What a fun time I've had with you all today. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for letting me speak. And thank you for receiving. I cannot wait to hear your reflections on this episode. Let me know how you feel. All your introspective aha reflection moments as you listen. Let's make magic together, Empire Builders. I'm so grateful for all of you. I'll talk to you later. Make sure to subscribe follow, rate, review the podcast, and follow us on YouTube, everyone. Like, watch these episodes because I'm very animated. (laughs) I love you all. Talk to you later.